Well, we are continuing on our theme for this month on the importance of remembrance. The importance of remembrance. Remembering is something that we can learn. We, 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 we can teach ourselves to remember. And, and when you learn to remember, it will help you to develop spiritual sensitivities as I'll be showing you. The theme of remembrance rise, runs throughout the Bible. Right through the Bible. For instance, in Genesis 28, we read about the account of the memorial stones or the memorial stone that Jacob erected. But there's many accounts of many memorial stones. But just to read you Genesis 28 from verse 10, it says, Jacob left Bathsheba and set out for Haran. And when he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord. And he said, I'm the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and all your descendants the lands on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you'll spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All people of the earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I'm with you. I'll watch over you wherever you go and I'll bring you back to this land. I'll not leave you until I've done what I have promised. Now note what Jacob does. Now, I mean, think about it, Pasalana. Here's the context. He's running away from his uncle, Laban, right? Things are not going well for the guy. He's in big trouble. And because the journey is long, in the middle of nowhere, he decides to sleep because he couldn't walk any further. Nothing special about this place. It's an ordinary place. However, God decides to visit because, you know, very often when God is going to do something that is supernatural he never warns you god never tells you which day he will visit which service will your life change where god doesn't do that and so this place that was an ordinary place becomes a an extraordinary place because god visited because when god visits your life no matter how ordinary you are he will take you to another level Whatever your humble beginnings may be, when you encounter God, God takes you to another level. And Jacob doesn't want to just take for granted what happened. See, many of us, we, we fail to mark significant encounters that we have had with God. You don't want to remember the place, the day, the time. We, we, we are very fickle with that. But Jacob decides that even this spot, ordinary as it was, but because God visited and I had an encounter with God here, I'm going to do something. Note what it says, verse 16. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. You know that song we sing? Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place? It comes from this verse. It's derived from this verse. Surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? 
This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. It is, isn't it amazing how God can turn an ordinary place into the house of God? Amen. A space out in the wilderness and he can make it a gate to heaven. Amen. But note what he does, what Jacob does. Early the next morning, Jacob took a stone and he, that he had placed under his head and he set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called the place of the name of that place Bethel, which means the house of God, the doorway to heaven, though the city used to be called Luz. So Jacob erects a memorial stone. He doesn't want to forget the place. He doesn't want to forget the encounter. He's not relying on his memory in Jena, but he does something physically. So that every time he passes there, he remembers. That every time he tells people, he can take them there and show them this is where it happened. Oftentimes, we don't do that as human beings. We are very careless about the major encounters that we've had. And many people forget the things that God's done in their lives. When God sent the flood, after he delivered Noah and his family... God set a rainbow after the floods. And he said, I'm putting this rainbow, even for me as God, that I should remember that never again will the waters become a flood that will destroy lives. That's Genesis chapter 9, verse 12. God said, this is a sign of the covenant I'm making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds. And it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. So there are certain specific things, Barcelona, in remembering that we must set. They must be there. We want people to remember. You know, we don't want people to forget. And God says, even for me, I'm setting it so that I will remember. He says, verse 14, whenever I bring clouds over the earth and rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all the living creatures, and never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. We must always remember. Can I hear an amen? amen. God instituted what we know as the feasts of Israel. There were four major uh, commemorations divided into seven different celebrations of different feasts. And these marked the encounters that God had had with his people. And God said these feasts were to be hosted at a set time, at a set place, and there were set sacrifices and offerings. These feasts meant to remind the children of Israel of the different encounters they had had with God. And this is why on Friday I mentioned, you know, and I always will mention, and I know maybe some of you may get tired of it, but I, I'm not, I don't want to forget. You know, on Friday, the, it was the 8th of July, 2022, I remembered when God called me into ministry on the 8th of July, 1979. So 43 years I've been called into the ministry by the grace of God. Now I see you're not excited for that. I, I, if, if I said Kikreila one million or one billion, you would be more excited. But I don't want to forget. And by the way, when God called me into the ministry, I was at my church, the United Reformed Church which at the moment they are trying to rebuild their building. And I have, I have, I have, I have a pledge to give them support. Yeah. 
Because I am going to support from my own pocket, not from the, not from the church's money. And I'm going to give him lots of money to build a building because I don't want to forget my church. Do you understand what I mean? I don't want to forget. In, it was in that church, the United Reformed Church, where God called me into the ministry. Can I hear a good amen in the house? Look at your neighbors not saying amen. Amen. Bishop Amen. We note as well that the covenant meal, which we call communion, which by the way, we're going to start having communion from next month, eh? Amen. The covenant meal was a tradition that was adopted by people where parties could remember their covenants with one another. So God weaved this blood covenant practice into his dealings with mankind. And he made it into what we know today as the communion meal. And note what Jesus says about communion in Matthew 26, 26. Jesus says, as often, as often, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, do it in remembrance of me. In other words, do it often, remember often. Most of the time, people forget. And write words. We remember the bad done to us, but we forget the good done to us. It's even worse when God has done things in our lives. Over and over again, we see God creating ways in which people remember his works, remember his deeds, remember his covenants. And he doesn't leave it to chance. He doesn't leave it to the goodwill of the people because he knows they forget. He says, weave it into your calendar. Write it down. Have days where you have a whole day celebration. Stop. You see, this is what Sunday is about. When we gather and come to church. Yeah. That's why for me, I'm non-negotiable with my Sunday. No. No. I go to church on Sunday. Right? And if there's time left, I'll do other things. If there's time left. But it's church first. Even when we're on holiday, my bishop and I, and when, even when we traveled with our children, I've never, been, I, 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 I've never been able not to go to church because I'm on holiday. Doesn't matter where we go, we'll find a church, we'll go there. Even if I go in my shorts and my take, it doesn't matter. And, 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 and if, you, if you can find a Pentecostal, charismatic church, whatever, I will go to a mainline church. It's in my DNA. There's other religions where they stop their businesses on a certain day. Doesn't matter how much money you have, they're not selling to you. We as Christians, we are cheap to trade with what is sacred to us. Yeah, and you see Christian people not coming to church playing golf on Sunday. And we trade with our Sunday and we trade with specific days, like when we celebrate Pentecost, the resurrection of Christ. You should take leave at work. Let your boss know, now this day matters to me. It may not matter to you, my boss. Maramona, I want to remember. Can I hear an amen in the house? Yeah. We'll be having word explosion now in September. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should be there the whole, the whole time. We start on Wednesday this year. Start on Wednesday through to Sunday. Take leave from Wednesday. Be here. 
be here. See, we should, we should, we should weave it into what we do. If you, if you leave it to, if you leave it to, you'll never do it. I promise you. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to teach about tithing God first Sunday next month. I want to show you something. Most people haven't understood the principle of first things and first fruit. There are things that God wants you to do first. They are, before I attend to others, the others, masala. Oh, amen. Your neighbor is not saying amen. All right, all right, all right. So over and over again, God is creating ways for his people to remember. He wants them to remember his works. He wants them to remember his deeds. He wants them to remember his covenant. He doesn't leave anything to chance because God wants us to live in remembrance. Remembering is not a passive thing. It's an active thing. And as we remember what God has done, it helps us to stop focusing on impossibility instead to focus on the God who does the impossible. We've had many times in our church where we've gone through crisis. Many times in leading when we've gone through difficult seasons, difficult ones. You know what I do in that time? I just stop and I remember how far God has brought us. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. If God could help us build this church way back, huh? spend 23 million Build a church in a township. Huh? I mean, right now, there's some sites that are You know, we have a, a site that we've bought called Waterfall. For 10 years. Yeah, we've got a site called Waterfall. Yeah. <laughs> Paid for cash. It's our site. We're building a church called Waterfall. Next to Waterfall Estate. Waterfall Estate. Kid next door. Give the Lord a shout. So that's why I will not forget when we were in Isaacson Higher Primary School. I will not forget. I will not forget where we started. Because when we started, where you are right now carries the potential of where you are going. Are you understand what I'm saying? That's why God looks at how you handle where you are starting. How you handle the small things. Because your future is wrapped up in seed form in your beginning. So if you are careless with your beginning and you are careless with the small things, you're not going to see. I didn't know that Batubakoso Wetu can have a site, own it. Renale title did. Many people go waterfall quality. 99 year lease. Runa has 99 year lease. If I were to go wire wire lease. Yeah. Yeah, you better side there. But you know, they've, they've given us so many problems, Azalan. So many problems. Certain people of other religions, contractors, developers, they've given us so many problems. They lied, they approached cancer, they said, we didn't do this, we didn't do this. They've created a problem. Now there's a road that's been constructed there. They didn't consider us in access roads, even if they've, they are going to intrude into our site and all kinds of, it's all killing 10 years we've been fighting this one. You can imagine we could have built 10 years ago. Imagine how much it's going to cost us now. 10 years later. Ah, you think I've stopped fighting? Never. No, I don't turn. Oh, never. I may smile, Mara. Hey. Galoana. 
And when they are giving us problems, I just think about it. You know, I remember. I remember. When we were at Isaac Kirsten Higher Primary School. 35 people in a classroom. No support, nobody helping us, lots of problems. I was 22 years old, didn't know much about running a church. Nobody in the church had ever run a church before. Nobody there. No, I was the only one who had an idea how a church must run. And even whatever idea was so small. Wasn't supported, was, didn't get a salary, nothing. I didn't have any ministry that was supporting nobody. Nothing, nothing. 35 people. Yeah. Yeah. September 1993. Right there. I remember. And I say, if God could take us from that classroom. Come on now. And now, Grace Bible Church, we have almost like, how many buildings do we have, Doc? Eh? 20. We have 20 buildings all paid for. All paid for. All over the country, 20 buildings paid for. But listen to me, all those buildings were in Isaacson Higher Primary School. Come on, somebody give the Lord a shout in the house. Oh! Oh, yeah. your, your life unfolds. Your vision unfolds. So don't have a short memory. Don't mistreat the small things God does. Don't forget about the small things. In fact, for me, I kind of love the early days better. Because there, 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 there was a certain genuineness. I'm not saying we're not genuine now, but there was a certain genuineness. When you have a people where everything is falling apart, and Abashok Amurtuabona, Mara, they still come to church and there's no building and there's no offering and there's nothing. They have a certain way, you know, it's different when people join you, so now the building, so now the color, so nice. Yeah, that's why I, 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 I my bishop is going to go protea. That's why I, I love this woman. Hey. My wife. Hey. Yeah. When, when, when we got married, when we don't got married, didn't have anything. Poor pastor. Poor pastor. Hey. Couldn't afford to buy a house from an abad. A graduate. Graduate on a degree. And you're in a nix. Serious. And you're mercy, man. Forgive. Mercy to you. No, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> I took this graduate to a, a room. After we got married, we stayed in a back room. Go garage. Garage that was cut in half, we used the other garage. When I graduate, Renalu wardrobe. No, it's in built in cupboard, wardrobe. You understand what I mean? Two plates, electric, the fridge. And then you have another the kitchen unit, it's a two. Better. That's all. Three quarter bed. My three quarter bed that I bought. Three quarter bed. That's all. No, no double bed. Three quarter bed, and a crate. That story like a crate. Yeah, no, no, no. Crate. Yeah, that's why some of you who never started with nothing, you, you don't have the capacity to appreciate anything. Yeah. 
Yeah. Some of you young people, you, 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 you don't appreciate what your parents do for you. Because you grew up already, there was a house, there was food, there was a car. You, you, you're complaining because your parents won't buy you the latest iPhone. You say they don't love you. What a fool. What a fool you are. You never, you never asked your parents. You never asked them. But now we started with nothing. My wife and I, we decided we're going to delay having children. And you know some of these church members, they would make us a prayer item or No, we're praying for you. I know how to make children. We will make them, but for now, we're not making any children. They'd come and hold me around. Who told you I'm staying in a one room. Where am I going to feed the kids in a one room? Tell your neighbor, remember. Tell them again, remember. Tell them again, remember. Tell the other one that you haven't told. Neighbor, remember. Now, let me show you seven keys that will help you to remember. Seven keys that will help you remember. Number one. Study history. Study history. The history of your church, history of your family, the history of the Bible. Study history. Because history will help, will keep you from forgetting. You know, I, I went somewhere yesterday and I, and I saw one of these kids. I don't know how old she was. I, I was afraid to congratulate her. You know these days, so it's about who are the other kids because, you know, there's so many stories. But I was sitting there looking at her and admiring this young girl. I don't know how old she, was, how old she was. I think she must have been 15 years old, 16 years old, reading a book. You know, kids these days don't read. Even the adults don't read. People don't read these days. But this kid was sitting there with a book reading. I was so impressed. I wanted to go to him and say, well done. But get to know history. Let me show you something in the Bible. In Exodus 1.8, there's a painful statement that we read there. It talks about the new king of Egypt who came into power. He didn't know Joseph. Let me give you the story. Prior to this, you remember Joseph had gone to Egypt. He landed in Egypt after he had been sold into slavery. And when he was in Egypt, he was in jail. You all know the story. And finally, he started serving the king of Egypt, Pharaoh. And then Pharaoh had a dream. And nobody could interpret it, right? And Joseph, that's how he ended up serving Pharaoh. He interpreted the dream of Pharaoh. And then he was promoted, right? And it saved the nation of Egypt. It saved the Egyptians. It saved their lives. Because this Hebrew guy gave the interpretation. God used this man to minister to the king. So this king then received Joseph and his family, gave them a place to stay. Now they are there, right? They are not Egyptians. They are Hebrew, but they stay in Egypt. The new guy comes in. He doesn't want to read history or consider history. He just does ethnic cleansing. So what does he do? Pharaoh then starts persecuting the children of Israel. When you read from Genesis, Exodus 1, Exodus 2, Exodus, that's what we go through. 
starts persecuting them, killing the children, doing all of that. He's doing that because he has an amnesia, a history. Doesn't know the history. So he came into power, never read the history. And this is the problem when you, when you become a successor of something and you don't go to the history of it. And we need to say this because we're living in a time where people want to act like they are just by themselves, they're the original. Everybody wants to be the voice. You know, everybody wants to be the person. So even when they lead something that was there before they came, they don't become faithful to the lineage of history of the place. You don't have to do the same things, but be faithful to the history, be faithful to the values. What you are inheriting started somewhere. Oh yeah, but he didn't do it. He didn't do it. As a result, his failure to read history cost him and his country dearly. By the time the children of Israel were delivered by God, God repeatedly So many people died. Cost him dearly. Because he didn't remember history. Yeah. And this way, you know, some of you who deal in these things, you know, even when you go into organizations, you got to understand its history. We are aware even with our political organizations, you'll hear them when they stand and talk. Even when they are far away from the values and the whatever, they'll stand and quote Mamangwa, 19 Mamangwa, as so and so said. Because they understand the importance of history. I've never understood why, as Christians, we don't understand the importance of history. It's even churches like ours are the worst. Charismatic churches are the worst. I've seen several charismatic churches that are now into, you know, the second generation of leadership. When these new guys came in, changed the name of the church booted out the founder. You don't even see the face of the founder on anything. No picture, no reference, nothing. When you get into the church, they don't even through membership teach you the history of the church. They don't. They don't. No. I know the one church where this guy chased his own father out of the church. His own father. His own father was not allowed back in the church he started. I know that church. I know when that man started. He started more or less the same time as us. I remember the struggles. And he brings in a son of his, foolish young man, chases out his father, changes the name of the church because he wants his identity on the church. When you go anywhere, you'll find any organization, there's the history of it. You go into government buildings, you see the, 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 the picture of the president. People in our churches don't put our pictures up. I knew you would act like this. I knew. I knew. I knew. Yeah, because you said, oh, mm. I'm just trying to show you how much we are poor when it comes to history. When you put the photo of somebody, you're not worshiping them. Many of you, you work in company, you have the picture of the founder. It's in your office. No, no, it's in your office. And everybody who comes around, do you know who this one is? Yeah. Why can't they have the picture of the founder on the churches. Anywhere you go, even, even when you go to the history of the you'll see it. I appreciated most of the churches that we've bought that are mainline churches. Most of them. There's one church. I forget which one it is. It's got several uh, tombs, no, not tombstones, but memorial stones. It's got several memorial stones and all those stones are through the history of that church. I think that church was built in 190 something, that church that we have. 
and all the names of those people. And most of them, because they're African churches, you know, they become so scared when we come in. And they say, oh, you know, they want to apologize and because of the historical context, oh, no, understand if you can take these stones away, on says, all right, all right, isn't The reality is this church was an Africana church. We're going to keep these stones. Yeah. And even when they have the, the pictures of the founders, no, keep the pictures there. It's, oh, yeah, you see, black people now, you are, you are quiet on me. <laughs> it's a foolish thing, Bazalana, when you come into something. You want to erase everything about the founders. Politicians do that. We are not politicians. Really. Politicians do that because they want to give an impression that it's them. See, politics is about them being, the other person being your enemy. So even if they've done well, because they're your opponent, you can't acknowledge it. It's politicians. We are not politicians. We acknowledge. Even if some people who are in our lineage, we don't like them, we don't agree with their politics, we don't agree with their whatever. Mara, we acknowledge that they were there. Look at your neighbor and say, this is the place to say amen. You, you. So, so here we are. Read the Bible. The Bible, particularly the Old Testament, is, is written in a historical form. As you read it, learn what God did. There are things out of the Old Testament. There's a certain way, certain actions result in certain outcomes. And it will never change. I'm telling you, it will never change. There's, there are certain things God's not going to allow. There are certain things when they are done, no matter even if the people doing them didn't get the good reward, generations later reap the rewards of those people. Read the history of the Bible. It's out to some. I'm telling you, I, I, I advise you, and get a Bible that you can understand. Don't go to the the and the thou of the King James. Get an NIV Bible or the, or the New Living Translation. I don't like the good news too much because the good news, somewhere I write. You have it as an extra. And then just read and try to follow. You know, I went through the book of Kings several times. And, and the book of Kings, it actually chronicles the, the, the history of the different kings of Israel. It talks about how they came into power, how they were leading when they were in power, what was the outcome of their leading. And then you see what happened to their children, their children's children, their grandchildren. And you see that. And you see, and when you read, you can see a point where they missed it. This is where it went wrong. And because it went wrong here, it was, because when it goes wrong here, it doesn't, you don't, you don't reap tomorrow. No. Sometimes you reap a hundred years later. So if you don't know that, you think you can get away with certain things. You think you can get away because you don't have history. You don't understand history. There are certain things, Basalana, you can't get away with them. No matter what you do. Because that's a principle of life. So you've got to read history. Read the history and chronicle the history of the dates of your spiritual journey. Know when you were born again, when you were filled with the Spirit. Write down dates on when you had a sermon that transformed your life. Or events where the worship service, like today, there was just a spontaneous time of prayer. Some of you, God did something. If I was you, I would put it in my journal. I can't remember your journal, the young people. Put it in your journal. Ronald <laughs> <a> notebook. <laughs> So put it in your journal. I will write down 
on this day, I went to the service. That's why I celebrate all these days. I've got a book where I write all these things. I've got the most, not everything, but this, the services I went to, that changed my life. The sermons I heard, that changed my life. You know, there's days like, I'm talking about the 8th of July. 1979, I got called into the ministry. 4th of July, 1979, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. 8th of August, 1978, I was born again. 4th of September, 1983, that's when I was ordained into ministry. I don't want to forget. I don't want to forget. So study history. Write down your, your, your spiritual heritage and your spiritual history. Get to know the history of your local church. Know who was the founder of this church. Know where it started. I'm trying to tell you these stories for because a hundred years from now, there might be some foolish guy who comes here who never even mentions Musasson. Not to pray to me. No. Nobody must pray to me. Please. The story of people who are founders are the most difficult stories. I'll preach a sermon to you, Vazalana, one day. I've been studying it. Founders, people who have been founders of anything, is the toughest thing. That's why when you see some pastors passing on, having not built a church, I would keep my mouth shut if I was you. I'll be honest with you. I, I will never criticize any pastor who was not able to build a local church. I would keep my mouth shut. And I'm a founder, I know. I know. Many of you, you don't know. You don't know what it takes to run a church. You don't know. You, you, you won't know. Don't think you don't. No, you won't know. You don't have a clue. You don't know the way it's on a corner. You don't know the way Christians are difficult and hard to us. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know the wounds of a pioneer and a founder. You don't know the scars that are deep. I've wept when I've buried some of them. I've wept when I've spoken to their children. And you see the pain in the children. I've wept where founders have had to sacrifice their money, sacrifice their family, sacrifice their time to build, to, to work for a people who are not grateful. Amen. Amen. And then a new guy comes into that church and they, they don't even remember the, anything about the founder. That's why I thank you all for Founders Day. I just want to thank you all for Founders Day. I thank you. When we introduced it, some people were not happy. But see, Founders Day has to be here. We have it. All countries have Founders Day. They're not worshipping anything. They're just remembering. You can't explain somebody out of history. You can't. You can't. But churches like ours are the worst. Charismatic churches are the worst. You have a new guy come in, puts out the others. Or they don't even want to relate with it. They call you older guys. And yet, in anything, when you build, you start somewhere, and when you reach a certain level, you don't destroy this. No, you build on that. Anyway, we understand that everything we have unfolded. The cars that we have today that are modern and current, the electric cars that are so cool and everything, would have never been there if it wasn't for the first car that was done. So if you look at all their brands that you call it Mercedes-Benz, Mercedes-Benz will always have pictures of cars and they'll have the first one they made. They don't want to disconnect from their heritage. Maybe the first one they had, the lights did go off when I preached and went, went back on. Maybe the first one they had was, had certain deficiencies. Mara, it's what gave them a start. 
So you can't criticize a founder because they were not able to do certain things. And don't be too high-minded as the guy who comes in second that you can do what the founder didn't do. Your context is not the same. You, do, you didn't deal with the same. We dealt with banks that wouldn't give us loans. Banks that told us we are redlined. We dealt with our own people who wouldn't give us money. Black people who had resources who wouldn't give us money because they thought that the our own people who had resources who would never fellowship in our churches because of God they would rather go to a white church and every time you met them they would tell me straight I'm not coming to your church because you don't have a building yeah yeah they used to tell me that no I'm not coming they said the day you have a building get out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they, they, they chose to forget and erase the historical context in which we are doing ministry They wouldn't appreciate the difficulty I had as a leader who has to build a church under an apartheid system. Where banks wouldn't give me money because I'm black. It wasn't because I'm a church, because they'd given white churches alone. Where I'm in a community where people were not earning a lot of money because they are black. You don't want to forget that history. You shouldn't forget that history. Look at your neighbor and say, why you want to forget the history? We need to pass on the history. You need to know the history of your family. Know your history in your family. Know it. Know it. You didn't fall from a tree. Know the history of your country. We need to pass on the history of organizations to the next generation. This is where the importance of our historical heritage is important. And I'm a firm propagator. Any church I've been to, you know, I've been to so many services. It's a Pentecostal charismatic. Somebody comes and tells a story, and then I ask them, did you write a book about this? Oh, no, Put it down. Teach, teach the people who back in Uncle membership. Whether, I was in one... Actually, when we were at the funeral of uh, Apostle George Janssen, when I heard, there's things I didn't know. When I heard how he started the church, what he had gone through, I went to them, I said, hey, you haven't even written about this. There are things that people must know. So that whoever comes here must understand where this church comes from. These churches were built, they were built out of prayer. Worship, sacrifice to God, love for God, preaching. I see now, you know, as we grow, as people come in to advise us, they want to push us more into other things. And I agree we must be the organogram, the whatever, and I'm agreed to that. But some people make so much emphasis as though that's what makes a church work. They want to tangle you up in administration. Now you must do this, that. We will, we will, we will, we will market this. We will, we will do this and we will do this. Then I say, where's prayer? No, that's not good. Then you don't understand who we are. You don't understand who we are. When we were 35 people in a classroom, we didn't have marketing, we didn't have Twitter, we didn't have WhatsApp, we didn't have any strategic whatever. All we had was God, and that's who we had. Yeah. Remember the history. 
Number two, don't let your success destroy your memory. Can you look at me, Bazalan? Success is a big challenge. Much as we all want it, success is problematic. It's problematic because of the way we are wired as human beings. We, we are not wired to handle success well. Once we succeed, we have certain tendencies. It takes a lot of maturity and a lot of godliness and a lot of God to still be normal and regular when you are succeeding. You got your money, you got your education, you are at the top, you are the talk of the town, you got your car, everything, and still be normal. Not many people are like that. Let them, let them just get one degree. One. One. Ah, let's talk about it. I thought it was a And you wonder how secular dumb dumb, you know? It becomes very tragic for me to see people do that, Bazalat. I'm being honest with you. I've never understood that. Never. I've never, I've never been able to understand that. How, 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 how do you become better than your teachers? How do you see yourself? I mean, Dr. Maswangani, Pastor Ray Macaulay, the late Tembi. How, how do I become how do I become better than them? These are people that if they were to walk into the service now, I'll stop preaching and I'll ask them to preach. They don't have to make an appointment. No. I'll sit down and listen to them. I, will, I find it hard to preach when they are sitting there. But some of you, you are so arrogant. When you see your senior sitting there, you even want to show them the way you know the subject matter. You are so big-headed. What's the matter with you? Don't let success destroy your memory. Don't forget that they raised you and helped you. God had the same concern governed by Israel. Let me read for you. Deuteronomy 8. It says, every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which I sought to your fathers and you shall remember that the Lord your God has led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. To humble you, test you, know what's in your heart, whether you'll keep his commandments. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, he fed you with manna, which you didn't know. Tell your neighbor which you didn't know. Tell your neighbor you didn't even know how to pray, Luena. You didn't know how to pray. You learned it here. You learned it here. You didn't know know Puluso, nothing. You didn't know what the anointing was. Nothing you didn't know. Yeah. You didn't know. You you didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying it arrogantly. You didn't know. You didn't know. God says, you didn't know. I fed you. You didn't even know. You didn't know. No, did your fathers know the manna? That I made, that may make you know that men shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Verse 4, he says, your clothes did not wear out. Eish. Your feet did not swell. For 40 years. 
40 years next year, I'll be 40 years pastor of Grace Bible Church. 40 years. Hey! If somebody can commit to something for 40 years, unless be it to say, say evil about them, you must just be of another. Commit to something for 40 years? Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, year in, year out, through thick and thin criticism, all kinds of things. Get sick doing the work of God. Break down your health. Affect your family. Stories about you. People come and leaving, saying all kinds, promising. People scamming you. Taking money from the church, stealing, every kind of thing. Lying, cheating, everything. And you're still there. 40 years. Some of you can't commit even for 40 days. You can't. You, you, can't, you can't. You can't. You can't. You, you are not able to. And I'm worried about the current generation because we're living in a time where people like to move around quickly. Here two years, there three years, four, so, so, so. it's fine for now. Mara, it doesn't build the heart of commitment. As soon as something doesn't please you anymore, you leave. So even in marriage, if he doesn't please you, if she doesn't please you, you leave him. There's no commitment. Because there's times when you stay with what you are doing, and it doesn't feel good and it doesn't pay anything back. In fact, it causes more pain to you. Oh, yeah. Come and preach to the church and you know what they've been saying about you. And you still love them anyhow. Because that's 40 years. That's 40 years. Your, your feet didn't swell. Your clothes didn't swell. I gave you food. You didn't even know. This is God speaking. Yeah, let me show you, Basalana, how wicked we can be as human beings. We, we are predisposed to a certain default mechanisms that are said. God has to try and lift up his level of communication because he knows the way we are as human beings. We need God to help us, Basalana. We are not as great as you think. God says, therefore, keep the commandments of the Lord your God. Walk in his ways. Fear him. The Lord your God is bringing you. He says, I'm bringing you into a good land. A land of brooks of water, fountains and springs. A land that flows out with valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates. A land of olive oil and honey. Wow. A land in which you will eat bread without scarcity. In which you will lack nothing. A land whose stones are iron. Out of those hills you can dig copper. Hey. Verse 10. He says, when you have eaten, And are full. Then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good which he has. He says, has, 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 has it taught don't, don't start turning your attention to other faiths. <laughs> to, to other gods. He says, turn your attention. He is concerned. He's concerned about these people who prayed for him to deliver them. He became faithful. He delivered them. He brought them through. He gave them the best of the best. He's concerned because he knows how human beings are like. He says, when you have all these things, bless me. Imagine God asking us. Hallelujah. 
It's sad for me when I see pastors who have pastored for years living in places that are so shabby. When the church members are happy to have a church and have a whatever, and they never even think about their pastor. Man, woman who's preached, taught, years in the year, comforted you, came, counseled you. Goodness. If you knew how we put our lives at risk during COVID. Some of us who went into meetings and fought with our leaders to open churches. Challenge them. Oh yeah. We do it behind closed doors. We don't tell you. But we fight for you. And then for the members to have an opinion. <laughs> God is concerned. Says so the minute they get all this, note verse 11. He says, beware, you do not forget the Lord your God. Just keep his commandments. Verse 12, lest when you have eaten and you are full and you have built houses and you dwell in them, when the hairs of your flock have multiplied and the silver and the gold has multiplied and all you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness where there were fiery serpents and scorpions. It was a thirsty land with no water. God brought water out to you, fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers didn't know. Then you say in your heart, my power, verse 17, you say in your heart, my power. People who will not even acknowledge, people write books in our church, they'll never acknowledge us even in a paragraph in their book. Not once. They cut CDs, do music, they'll never acknowledge us. Not once. They'll acknowledge somebody called America, not us. Mm -mm. No, no, too long. I'm just trying to show you the way you are, some of you. You only find out that they've done it. Even the thing they've written, they learned it from what we were preaching here. Not, not even one sentence. No. They'll acknowledge their friend, their everybody. Yeah? Politicians do that. They don't acknowledge everybody. We don't do that. We don't do that. Verse 17. Then your heart, then you say, my power. Be careful when you're successful to be arrogant. You just say, my power. <laughs> None of us, Bazalana, has gotten to where we are by ourselves. Not a single one of us. Not a single. I see some of you, you don't want to say amen, but it's fine. I'm trying to teach you something. It's okay. None of us. Your parents supported you. Your siblings supported you. Your neighborhood supported you. People supported you. That's why the first year, 2001, when we came here, December of that year, I went to all the houses here and gave them gifts in every household. Because the people here in Mopinvili, they supported our application for us to have this site. They lobbied for us. Yeah, I will not forget. I will not forget. They don't have to be members of our church. They don't have to be. But I went there. I went to the... I personally... I didn't send somebody. I went personally. We bought them beautiful things. Huge hamper. Big one for Christmas. And I went there and I said, I just want to bring this to you to thank you for supporting us. I don't want to forget. It's current now when we have a building here. Then we forget other people and we, we criticize others. 
Because we have a building. Never ever talk from your position of strength. Never. When things are working for you, it's for you to be humble. Don't, don't talk from, don't, when you we have education, when you have money, when you're successful, when you're famous, you talk down on people. Don't talk down to people. I'm telling you, Basalan, even today, personally, I go to small churches. Two weeks ago, I was in a very small church, 25 people. 25 people. 25 people. Yeah. In the afternoons. I preached here in the morning, did two services. In the afternoon, I was, I was tired because I came from a week where we had lots of things. I was so tired. But I went. 25 people are preached in that church. Preached my heart out. Pastor says, hey, Bishop, you are preaching like it's your first service. I said, no, me, when I get on the pulpit, I give all my heart out. He said, but Bishop, how are you doing? Mamela, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't have to thank me for it. Don't need to. I said to him, I also remember when Dr. Maswanganyi did this for me. When he came to a service that only had 10 people. But some of you, once you get to certain levels, you are impossible. It's really impossible. You, you forget too quick. God is concerned because human beings forget. Look at verse 18. He says, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gave you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant. The purpose why God gives you what he gives you is for you to support the work of God. The more you earn, the more generous you must be and give to the church. Now, no, now, we're so criticized on your giving. I was only sure if we're faithful. And you came here and you found a building here. So I was so sure, you know. You know and I was telling them in the first service, you know, it's, it's so strange with our own people. And I must talk these things. I, I'm trying to help us. Okay, I'm trying to help us. I'm trying to help us. I'm trying to help us. I know people we've helped, you know, Rabatusa, Rabatusa. When they get better, they run to the white church. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But then they get to the white church soon. The one person buys them a beautiful car or watch expensive. Can I watch the most expensive watch? Huh? The way we do thing. And they buy the past. I've seen it, but I'm not talking about hearsay. I've seen them. Baba Batla Batum Pelar, Eki Filem Rutuaka. Oh, our people. Ah, you don't know. Ah, Vasalan. If, 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 if by now Santa Neke Smiler, you must know that God can work in the heart of a person. The things that people do. And then Batayana, Bahuti said it's a book away. But on Pabuka, because I need to be more educated, you see. Um, uh, they want Pakupule standard, strategic management. Read this book, it will help your ministry. A sickness of our people. And then here's the thing when they go through crisis, they phone me. And then and here's what they say. No, Kaituru, we now understand that because of our. You see, Nibongunkulunkulu 
So me, I'm all right when you are in the dungeon. Right? So now I'm for crisis. But I'm, I'm, I'm not for the Rolex. When you reach your Rolex season, you forget me. Man, I didn't totally bad. Some of you, you are like that. We were important to you when you are in crisis. The service is important to you when you are in crisis. You sit in the service and come for prayer when you are in crisis. The minute you are not in crisis, Pumaganji, the sickness of forgetting. Yeah, forget. And I teach our people, I say, oh, and then I have never understood Mahoa. They give them. Or some of these pastors, but some country. We put up. Another country. First week, Usamo Fiden took off. Felali salary. Runamo, 40 years, 20 years, Ulimo. You never even gave 50,000 rands. Not once. Not once. Not once. Not once. Instead, you wanted to see our books. Everything is in order. You're just not sure about us being trustworthy. Sickness of forgetting. Yeah. God, said, God himself says, please remember. Number three, do not let the passage of time make you forget. In Genesis 40, 23, it says the chief butler did not remember Joseph. What happened? Joseph had helped this guy when they were in prison. See, there are people, like I'm saying, there are people who, they are with you when you are in difficulty. When they're in difficulty, and you're in the same train, they're with you. Once they come out of difficulty, you're the one who helped them. They don't remember. Yeah. They know how to come to you, but look at him, uh, Yeah. No, the sickness of people. That's why we need Jesus. The chief butler, Joseph had helped him, prophesied to him, gave him words of encouragement. The minute he got out of jail, he forgot about Joseph. So don't be surprised when people forget about you. You know what I told my wife? This is what I told my wife. I said, you know what, wifey? In the early days, when I realized the way people are, because Lina, I have those problems too. I'm human. I have to correct. But when I realized, if I get all the land, I get all cool. I said to my wife, now I understand why Paul says, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Yeah. Do it, do, do it, do it as unto the Lord. Do it for God. Don't expect for them to say thank you. Don't expect them to come back and say, if they come back and say thank you, it's a bonus. Mara, if, even if they don't come, it's okay. And next time, do it as unto the Lord. Yeah, there's people you help. Many, 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 many people. Many, many people. We've helped many churches give to their building. Once they've built, they will never even mention us. Not once, they'll never mention our church. Not once. I've had pastors who come when they're studying ministry, every week more counseling, every month about that. Once ministry happened, they'll never even invite me to preach at their church. Never. When they started, they invited me to bring the crowds. When the crowds came, things on. No, no, I'm being honest. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Do it as, because I'll tell you what, Pastor. If you can take offense, you'll never help anybody else. Today, I still preach. I still help people. We still give money. We still do that. I do it. I told my bishop, I said, do you know what, wifey? And to an extent that I don't even talk about it. I'm only telling you because I'm illustrating. I don't even talk about it. They do it. I just keep I don't even tell her because she loves me. See? And because she loves me, when people hate me, she becomes very angry. So even the day of reconciled, no, maybe they'll do it next. So, so like Jesus, Jesus. 
Yeah, God is good. So I've learned not to tell her when people hurt me. I just keep quiet because the day you reconcile with those people, because you forgot to tell them that you have reconciled. So I can't She's in another church. Number what? Four, recognize the hand of God in everything that happens. Many people don't understand why and how they are blessed. They just enjoy the blessing, but they don't understand how the blessing is acquired. In Daniel 5, 22 and 23, we read about Belshazzar. It says, but you, his son Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, although you knew all of this, and you have lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven, they have brought the vessels of his house before you, you and your lords, your wives, your concubines, you have drunk wine from them, and you have praised the gods of silver and gold. You've praised the gods of bronze and iron, wood and stone, which you don't see, you don't hear them, you don't know them, and the God who holds your breath in his hands and owns all your ways, you have not glorified. Yeah. That's why I'm not going to move from believing God and trusting Christ and saying Jesus is the only way to God. There's no other way to God but through Christ Jesus. Say what you want. Now my history... And my experience is that there's only one way to God. And that's through Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to change now. Simply because God's given me a better life. Belshazzar praised the gods of gold and silver. He didn't recognize the hand of God in his life. It's a sad thing when people don't see God's hand in their life. God helps them, but they ascribe glory to somebody else and something else. And I see people now, they, you know, we see some of the guys who come to our church, now they're questioning even Christianity. Oh, yeah. They're questioning everything. They're sitting there. And you can see them later. They're not reading the Bible. They're not taking notes. No, 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 no. I've been 40 years in this. Okay. I'll tell you the history and so on. I'm, I'm telling you. I know when they came. I know when they were desperate. I know when they started studying. I know when they passed my trick. You understand? I know when they enrolled in their first course, everything. I know, I know when we officiated in their wedding. I was there. I was the one who officiated. We are the one who blessed them. Now they, they progressed in their career, read this, read this, all of a sudden. And I'm thinking, what's up? Services are too long. You. Services are too long. <laughs> then you would be the first to arrive, the last to leave. Yanung. How many of you are sitting next to somebody who's in? <laughs> Number five. Continually remember the people God used in your life. Remember that. That's why I speak for pastors. God, I mean, pastors work so hard in churches. Pray for people, counsel people, bless people, you know. Do all kinds of things. And, and it's amazing how one small thing, people just, the poison. I'm thinking, oh, Kanjan, how about it? Genesis 30, 25, 27, it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph that Jacob said to love and send me away that I may go to my own place and my country. Remember, 
Jacob and Laban. Laban is now asking, Jacob says, no, let me go. Give me my wives, my children, whom I have served you for. Let me go, for you know my service which I've done for you. Now, Laban wasn't in good terms with Jacob, but he was a wise man. Look at verse 27. And Laban said to him, please stay. Please stay. Why, Laban? If I have found favor in your eyes, for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. Yeah. Sometimes you are not blessed because of you. You are blessed because of what you, where you associate. Yeah. So I always tell you that the minute I got to know Pastor Ray, the minute I attended Rema, the minute I went Kai Kai, my life changed. And I'm not going to hide it. My life changed. It was a space. Some of you, you are not wise enough to know that when you attend a certain church, your life is different. You, you, are, not, you are not even wise yet. You don't ever say it. That ever since you attended a specific church, maybe this one, your life got different. You learned, things got better, you were okay, things were not, not everything was solved, but things started to change. But you are going to leave that church because I can't, I can't understand you. For the life of me, I can't understand you. And out Amaya, it's not me. It wasn't the preaching. I can't understand you. There is no church where you will never be offended. Never. Let, 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 let me go further. Let me go deeper. Let me say a little bit more. When Jesus led his disciples, there are many times where he offended them. Many times. Many times. There was a time where when he preached, the multitude were so offended, like some of you, they were so offended. <laughs> they left when Jesus was preaching. Everybody left. And Jesus looked at them. His disciples says, do you also want to go? <laughs> you know what was their answer? Classic answer. They said, where else can we go? Let, 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 let's decode it for you. <laughs> You remember when, when Peter spoke to Jesus and, and Jesus was saying, I'm going to the cross. And when Simon spoke, Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. I haven't called any of you Satan yet. I, I'm going somewhere, but I'm going somewhere. Think about it. I was reading that someday. I was reading that someday. I was reading that someday. And then the same Peter Denied Christ and Jesus followed him up. And I thought, Peter had so many times where he had the opportunity to be offended. I said opportunity. Now, if you think I'm offending you, I mean, Jesus is the greatest pastor of them all and he's offending his followers left, right and center. Mamela, Mamela, and those of you who get easily offended. Let me teach you something. If Peter had walked away from Christ, he would have missed out in the words that Jesus spoke and said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Peter became the most senior leader of the New Testament church. 
Why? Because your path to a big mission goes through the road of offense. I don't mind telling you. I don't mind telling you. I've had many opportunities to be offended in Pastor Ray McCauley. I've had many opportunities to be offended in Dr. Elijah Maswangani. I had many opportunities to be offended in Papa Orisamim Tembi because there are things that people will do you won't like someday. But because I knew God's word, I, I, I sucked it up. And sometimes years later, you know that you were wrong in being offended. They didn't do anything. To, it was your immaturity that offended you. It's not what they did. Oh, come on. Give the Lord a hand. I know you don't like my preaching. Come on. I'm helping you. I'm helping you. I'm helping you. Some of you, you walk away from good churches because of offense. You disconnect from good pastors. You stop serving in the ministry of helps. You stop serving in that. You stop giving in a church because of offense. Because of offense. If I allowed offense, I wouldn't be preaching to you today. I wouldn't even be your pastor. Because for 39 years, I've been offended by hundreds, not just a few, hundreds. Hundreds. Painful things they've said about me, about my wife, about my children, about my dress code, about my car, about my house. All kinds. Offend me everywhere. In the, in the, in the mall, at the gym, on the streets, in the church, after the service, write anonymous letters. And I'm telling you, anonymous, I received so many anonymous letters written to me. One of them said, we, don't, we think this, the spiritual think tank of the church has gone stale. Arrogant people. Yeah. Yeah. So if I, if, I, if I really wanted to walk away, I would have long walked away. I don't think I would have lasted five years in this church. Because you learn as soon, and for you young leaders, you must know that. You learn as soon as you become a pastor, Murti Taker, that you're going to be offended. Somebody's going to criticize your haircut. <laughs> when I got married, when I got married, there were elderly women who came to me who tried to tell me that my bishop is not the right person for me. Yes. No, I'm telling you. They were trying to tell me that their children are more spiritual than her. 1988, I'm telling you, if I wanted to be offended, I wouldn't be here. Some of you, you are ruled by offense. You, you, you are so shallow. You are so sensitive. You are so, you are so delicate. Smolanyana think fella, offended. Oh no. God, remember. Continually remember the people that God has used in your life. And the people that God used in your life, they will offend you sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus offended his disciples. All of, I, I just imagine, all 11 should have left. They didn't leave. Paul himself offended so many people. He offended John Mark. He offended Peter. They had a dispute. They argued. He argued with Barnabas. It's part and parcel of life. Some of you are arguing. As long as we resolve our issues. That's not the end of Christianity. That's not the end of God. 
It's just the human side of that. Reba tuliruna, rapaiza, rachichiriza. But if you allow offense, some of you, you'll disconnect from a church, you'll disconnect from your pastor. You'll di- I've seen people disconnect. Sometimes people come here with certain things, but like about two say, help me in this program. I've got this company, cloud so all over, and then I'm not able to, I can't go, I can't support. Then they get offended. Or I must wear their brand, Bernalinto, not just wear, I must go somewhere. <laughs> and and we have many people here who are in business, many of you. You sell products, you have, uh, you want to promote, you want, and the question I ask of Rabona, if I take you and put you on the pulpit, what about the others? Because yeah. if it is all you want, I must bring all of them. Yeah. I can't do it. This is why political parties were offended at me a few years ago. Because they wanted to come here and promote Barnoa, helping people for voter registration. I am forward to get connected. I know voter registration. <laughs> and I can't trust you as a political party to come here. Because politics party alone. The one party said, no, but the guy of this party is a Christian. So what? No, but we support you. We will support Why must I bring them here? Now they understand the political people because you know, they were trying to put pressure on me years ago. Particularly some of the bigger parties. Threatening you, bullying you. Don't be bullied. I told them, so no, this is a church. This is, this is the church I'm running. You never allow me in your rallies to come and preach, so I'm not going to allow you in my rally. Oh. Oh, yeah. But Zalana, don't be... Okay, we just got two more points to go. One more point. Number six. Grow in your understanding of why God blesses people. This is important, Bazalana. When you, when you don't understand why God blesses someone, you will quickly neglect the important principles they live by. This is where when you come in as the second generation or something is handed over to you, make sure you understand what made that church work. That's why by all means I'm doing my best for the generation that follow to understand what we are based on. I'm not telling you these stories, Sinje. I'm trying to teach these young people how to honor. Trying to teach them how to honor our when God is using them mightily. They're not going to walk in dishonor towards their seniors. I'm trying to teach them. So I'm telling you the stories. I'm trying to show you why God has blessed us. At the basis, at the basis of what we do, it's not the lights and the cameras. It's not the building. It's the spiritual principles that we abide by and that I will fight for to maintain. They know I pass. I will not allow argument, strive, backbiting, all kinds, no, not in the church, no. Maybe Luna Lekadiyaz has members, but if people lead with me, I tell them, and I'll tell them to their face. You're not going to have that spirit here. I'm not going to allow that in my meeting. You're not going to talk like that here. We must walk in love. That's what the Bible says. But Salana, why can't we live by God's word, eh? Why can't we insist that people must live by I'm not talking about being holier than thou. But you've got to live by God's word. So, Mamelambazalan, a deeper understanding helps you to have a better memory. Here's the problem. Many of us have read about King Solomon. The riches he had, the wealth he had. But as you read further, you know that Solomon's understanding as to why God had blessed his father, he didn't have it. So, in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 4, 
And I'm reading the New American Standard Bible. It says, it came to pass when Solomon was old, his wife turned his heart away from after other gods, and his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord as the heart of David his father had been. So Solomon followed in the footsteps of his father, who was blessed, who was a wise man and everything, Mara. Solomon didn't learn that the secret of his father is that his father loved God with all his heart. You can follow someone without learning what gets them where they are. People don't understand. Why is the church working? Why are people attending? Why is it growing? Why are people being healed? Why is life being changed? You won't know because you don't know the secret stuff. That's based on God's word I'm talking about. But in secret, there's a lot of praying, a lot of seeking of God. This someone, I prayed, sought God, made research, look at books, ask God, all kinds of things. Come here. They'll tell you, I'm sitting at the back. I don't want them to talk to me. I don't want them to, say, I don't want them to give me stories. I'm trying to pray. Oh God, how can I preach? Oh God, how can I say it? Oh God, I'd love the musicians to sing well, to bring people's hearts to God. I'd love everything to work out well. Oh God, please, can people come? It's not, it's not a lecture. So if you think you'll come when I give a lecture and have the same results, wrong or sound. You gotta go back to the praying and the seeking of God's ways. That's what makes it work. That's what makes it work. And finally, somebody say finally. Number seven. Remember the low points. And how God brought you through them. Don't forget. God says to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 5.15, Remember that you were slaves in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out from them by mighty hand and outstretched hand. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath. Can we have the keyboard playing on some of the instrumentalists? You know, Zalan, as I said, as human beings, we... We forget the intervention people made in our lives when we had our low points. I've told you this story, but some people I noticed from this Sunday morning service, 7 o'clock service, there are many people who don't know the story. So I'd, I'd like to tell it to illustrate what I'm saying. When I went to Bible school in 1980, a central Bible college, because it was a boarding and lodge facility, we had to be there for the duration of several months and couldn't work. We were at school. We're learning there. My, my dad, and I thank God for him, took the money he had saved for the family and used it for my tuition. Paid for me. Go to Bible school. That's why one of the buildings in Grace Bible Church is going to be named after my parents. I don't want Grace Bible Church to forget these parents who, our first office was at my home in the garage. We never paid money. They let us use it. My dad believed in me. He said, 22 year old, left his church, come support me. Nevertheless. So when I went to Bible school, 1980, he paid and 1981, 82, I went to Rama and, and I looked for a job in 1981. When I got the job, I, I then said to my dad, no, you, you can't pay for my tuition anymore. You, you've carried me all these years. I think it's time for me to, to take care of myself. I didn't earn a lot of money. It was very little what I earned. 
But I paid for the tuition. I paid boarding and lodging at home. I set money aside to buy them furniture as well because I want to say thank you to my parents. And uh, I, of course, first of all, gave my tithes, my offerings. And, and then I had to buy food and, and then buy clothes. But money was not enough. I, I couldn't afford to buy clothes. And so I only used the ones I had. And you know when you start working and you go to work Monday to Friday, you have to have more than... You know, if you're not working like that, you can get by with a few clothes. But I didn't have the money. I didn't have the money. I, I refused to put myself in debt. I didn't have the money. And, and one day, one of the pastors who had come to work at Rayma by the name of Fred Brothers. Fred Brothers had gotten married to Kenneth Hagin's granddaughter. So he, 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 he lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but they came and served under Pastor Ray for about two years or so. So one day I'm working at Rema in the job I was doing, which was the lowest job, lowest paying job. And he brings these clothes, this stack of clothes, and, and says to me, look, uh, these are my old clothes, and I, I just want these clothes to be given away. I know you are from Soweto. Please, can you take these clothes and give them to some poor people in Soweto? I took the clothes. When I went through the clothes, I saw a yay. <laughs> these clothes are fine. Because he had learned the principles of giving what's best. He didn't give Maranta. And so I, I thought, I know this is for the poor people. Mara, I think I am the first among those poor people. <laughs> and out of being ethical, I went to him and, and I said, look, I will take the clothes to the poor people, but I, I need some clothes. I don't have enough. I said, no, so, so by all means, you can take whatever you want. I said, no, no, I'll just take two. And I did. I took a pair of jeans and a jacket. At least it added to my clothes. And those jeans were fine. Because <laughs> they were from the U.S., you know, they had the latest. When I put those jeans on, everybody would look at me. They didn't know where I had gotten them. Of course, I... Finished at Bible school, started to church, and a few years later when we were running a church, is before we came here, I think we had homemakers, a certain white young lady came to join our church, Carolyn, Carolyn worked with us for a while and went back to the U.S., and Carolyn got married to a guy by the name of Tim Clark. We kept contact with them, and so they came here and worked for us for a while. My sister Chris will remember that. And then a few years later, I, the, the minister has grown now, and and I'm no longer that guy with those jeans. I, I, had, I took a trip to go to America. I had gone for a conference there. So I went to America. Flew to America. And when I got to America, I got in touch with Tim and Carolyn. I said, I want to come to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to come and see Rema Bible Training Center because Kenneth Hagin is from there. Kenneth Hagin had passed on by that time. So they were kind enough to 
arranged that we go there. We had gone to Carlton Pearson, actually, uh, a conference, uh, Azusa conference. So it's, it's in the same area, you know, it's not, it's in Oklahoma. So we went there. So when we were there, then Tim says to me, so we are talking, so, so I'm asking about the family. He said, no, no, no. Kenneth Higgins, uh, uh, granddaughter who's married to Fred Brothers doesn't live far from here. I said, what? He said, yeah. I said, yo, please take me there. Because I've got some unfinished business. I want, I want to go say thank you. He didn't understand fully. When I got to the house of Fred Brothers, when I saw him, here I am, I'm a different guy now. I can afford a ticket to America. I'm wearing fine clothes. But this man, when I was in the dungeon, when I was a nobody, this man, white man from America, God used him in my life. I went to him. He didn't know. I hugged him. I said, thank you. He said, for what? I said, thank you for the clothes you gave me. He didn't even remember. Then I reminded him. He said, this morning when you came with a stack of clothes and so on. I said, oh, I remember. I said, remember I took the two children? I said, oh, I said, Musa, no, it doesn't matter. I said, it does matter. I want you to know how grateful I am. He broke down and wept. Then he says to me, God sent you here to lift my spirit. I said, what do you mean? He said, this morning, my teenage son got into an argument with me. And he addressed me in a disrespectful, demeaning way where I felt like a nobody. He says, on this day when I feel like a nobody, a man comes from Africa all the way to say thank you. Somebody from afar can say thank you when somebody who lives with you in the same house cannot say thank you. Because you see, when you are close to somebody, you take for granted the things that they do. Proximity is an enemy because when you are close to somebody, you don't see the good they do. He wept and we hugged. And I say again, thank you. Thank you. I don't want to forget. No. no I, I, and I'm telling these stories, Bazalan, for a reason. Last story. I'd heard about a certain senior minister, Wako Apostolic Faith Mission, Murtishi Palan. Incredible man, elderly man. Even my bishop used to talk about Murtishi Padana. And every time I went in the area, Yatsanin, Govenda, I heard about this Murtishi Padana. I really wanted to meet this man. I, I just, I was so inspired by what I heard. And it just so happened one day, I was invited to preach at a conference, you know, in, the, in, the, in, the, in Limpopo there. Uh, and, and this minister happens to be there, you know. And, and we were sharing the same... <laughs> Platform. He was preaching. I was preaching. And I was so honored. So, during one of his sermons, he he starts addressing this issue, and he talks about the young people from that side who, many of the guys from Limpopo, several, 
come here and they get educated. Really, they, they work hard and get degrees and, and advance and do well and they buy themselves fine clothes, fine cologne, Louis Vuitton, Vrpa. And he says, some of you, when you come from there and you come back home and you come back to your mom, and because she's not wearing cologne, And she's not wearing Louis Vuitton. You look at her and you say, Mani wanua. Meaning, mewaka wanka. Smelling. Remember, these old women are the ones who raise these kids. Send them to university through the money they got when they were selling avocados. Mangoes, bananas, barefooted on the street. And they take this child to school who when they are educated and they have what they have, they have the guts to tell their mother, Manuanua, a smelling. Richard Patan said, let me tell you why when you were young and you vomited, man caught your vomit. When you were young and you urinated, she wiped you. When you did number two, she wiped you. That's why Anua. She's smelling because of you. She's smelling because she caught your stuff, was trying to make life better for you. She didn't mind handling your feces. She didn't mind handling your vomit. She didn't mind walking barefooted, selling bananas, selling avocados, selling mangoes for you. And now that you are somebody, you tell mama, Wanua. That's why this young generation, some of them will never be blessed. I'm telling you, never. Why? Because they forget the people who raised them when they were nobodies. I hope some of you, that's not what you say to your parents. I don't care if she's a drunkard. I don't care if he's a drug dealer. I don't care what you've done. You have no business to say to your parents, Wanua. And to square up with them and argue with them, cut them to size. That's the arrogance of youth these days. And they never understand why they're not blessed. They don't understand. You think having a job is a blessing? You think having a car is a blessing? You think so? Oh, a blessing goes beyond that, my dear. Far beyond that. There's a lot more to it. And let me tell you, you're not going to get God's blessing on your terms. God's not committed to you. God's, God doesn't care what you do. You can speak, I'm angry with God, whatever. He's not going to change. He's still God. He's God before you were born, during your birth, after you die. Still God. He's not going to change. He's not going to change rules for you. You know what I ask for? That every one of us here, when we go home, we'll treat our parents differently. 
every one of us. Even if, even if you are my age, if you are still blessed, if you are still blessed to have a mom, to have a dad, you'll never forget Mother's Day, you'll never forget Father's Day, you'll never forget their birthday, and you'll take care of them. Now, make sure they are taken care of because as people get older, sometimes they get sick and, and their body gives up on them. And many of the people today, instead of taking care of her at home or his father at home, they'd rather send them to an institution because they don't want to clean up. Because some of the elderly people, you find that they, they are not able anymore. In terms of the digestive system, they can't control themselves. They have to wear a diaper. I hope you are not one of those who will not want to put a diaper on them. And you've forgotten when they put a diaper on you. And you forget the mess they were willing to take and the conditions they were willing to take. Women who've broken their health broken themselves and when they get to a certain age she's been broken she sacrificed her life for her kids and then when there are somebodies they, they, they take her to an institution they don't even visit her they don't even go to her they don't even have a birthday they're even ashamed to say some of you you hide your parents remember oh God help you to remember remember that's why I talk about my parents I'll never forget what they did for me never never and I'm not going to let anybody and there's not there's nothing there's nothing they can do that I thought was offensive that will cancel what they've done for me elderly people I tell them you it's okay if they offend me, I say, no, you didn't offend me. It's, it's okay. I was talking to Baba Gumbi the other day. And I was phoning him about something. I phoned him. He, the phone rang. He didn't pick it up. Then he phones. He says, I called you. He said, Papa, I'm not going I'm your son. No, please. No, Bishop I'm your son. Some of you haven't learned that. Mamela, Mamela, Mamela. You see, God bless us. And maybe we don't tell you why God blesses us. Some of us, we have a high regard of honor. And we're not going to compromise on that. And when you see God blessing us, it's because we remember. I pray that God will help you remember. Give God a big hand. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. Remain standing for a while. You know, when I preach like this, I've often had people phone me and say, what is it take? And maybe I should correct that. I, I will never come on the pulpit here because I'm trying to answer somebody. I anybody. I was going to preach this. Anyhow. 
I'm preaching because it's the truth from God's word. You see, because you see, when, 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 people, when people say that, they're deflecting what they should be facing as a truth. And if any of you take it personally, I'm sorry. But I shouldn't even be apologizing. I mean, why, why would I target you? I don't even know who you are. I don't know the issues. But if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, you can choose to be offended. Or you can choose to listen. Yeah. I believe today, Bazalona, none of us escaped. Including the preacher. See, when you hear that someone really strong, let's go in full force come to you. But because I don't want us to leave this place condemned, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's a simple prayer. And I'd like you to join me in that prayer. And as you pray that prayer, thank you. Believe it in your heart. Would you raise one hand to the Lord, your right hand. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. I receive it with meekness that it may save my soul. Forgive me for my indiscretions, my disobedience, my stubbornness. Forgive me for allowing myself to be offended. From today, I will remember and when your spirit speaks to me, I will obey. Wash me of my sin. Cleanse me through the blood of Christ. I thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name. And I receive your forgiveness. I am cleansed. I am washed. I am free. I am delivered chains have been taken off free to serve you in Jesus name just remain standing you can put your hands down heads bowed eyes closed if you're here for the first time today and you want to invite Jesus into your life as you've been in this service you you can see that your life is not pleasing before God and and you realize only Jesus can change your life really you know as human beings we we are full of evil only God can change us. And there's hope in Christ. You don't need to walk out of this place feeling condemned, feeling sad. You can leave this place a changed person with a new day in your life. A new story in your life. All you need to do is to invite Christ. I want to pray with you today as we close. With everybody's eyes closed, heads bowed, standing where we are. If you're there and you say, Bishop, please, would you pray for me? I want to invite Christ in my life. Would you raise your hand, please, right where you are? I want God to change my life. Thank you for those hands. Raise it high. I see one hand here. Just raise it up. Where's the ushers in this place? Where's some points, please? Ushers, help me. All right. I ask the people who raise their hands. I want to pray for you. Please take all your belongings. Whatever you have, that's your belonging. Don't leave any of your belongings behind. And come out from your seat and just walk to the front. I want to pray for you here in the front. Thank you, Lord. Come stand here, my girl. Stand here, facing me, okay? 
facing me. Yeah, that's right. Just face me. Like that. That's good. Just take one step back a little bit. One step back. One step back. That's good. Give these people a good hand. Thank you, Jesus.